don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello, welcome along to episode 5, series 5 of Just Like In The Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. Lisa Tracy, how are you? Good evening, Gary Kelly. I'm excellent, and yourself? I'm great, surviving COVID-19. Dave, how are you getting on? Not a bother on me. (laughs) Oh, you slowed down the tempo there a bit now, Dave. We're full speed ahead, because... Not a bother on me! (laughs) (laughs) Today, we are looking at Dead to Me with uh, Christina Applegate, Thunder Road, which Lisa absolutely hated, and Dave loved, it would seem. And we'll also be looking at White Lines, which is on Netflix at the moment. We'll also talk as well about the latest list of movies to be released in cinemas nationwide throughout Ireland and throughout the UK uh, in the coming months, right up really until the end of 2020. So hopefully that list will remain as is all going well regarding the current pandemic that we're all dealing with at the moment. But first off, great news. The Curry Film Festival is going ahead in October. They don't know in what format yet. In other words, if they're going to be doing it online like the Galway Film Flower or not. But it's going ahead anyways, one way or another, which is positive news. Yeah, I definitely heard they were going to do it in person and it wasn't going to be online. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I misread that. Well, I suppose they might just have to do it online if there's a second outbreak of the coronavirus Mm. this autumn. Let's get on, though, to our reviews for this week. Lisa, you suggested that we should watch Dead to Me. Series 2 is on Netflix already. Dave and I hadn't, in fairness, heard of it, so we started watching Series 1 because no point (laughs) starting kind of halfway through. Um, True. I absolutely love it. Great. I'm so glad. It reminds me of a Harold Pinter play where it's just constant twists and turns all the way through like there's there's a gasp moment in every episode yeah i think it's uh, an excellent tv show like the way i've kind of come around to thinking about netflix lately is that you don't want to be on network television anymore you want to be on netflix because you have a big much bigger audience a global audience and you know, you're you kind of have a bit more free reign over your own story, as far as I can tell. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I loved Dead to Me. I thought it was class. I just I loved the just the twists and turns and the performances and Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. They're so good. And James Marsden. I mean, come on, he's just he's excellent. And wait to see series two. He's even better. So uh, just stay tuned. It's a great it's a great show. Dave, what do you make of Dead to Me? I got to admit, I was sceptical. I hadn't a clue, hadn't heard of it, did nothing about it. And, you know, I read the tagline, a series about a powerful friendship that blossoms between a tightly wound widow and a free spirit with a shocking secret. And I thought, oh, okay. But I got to admit that, that we need more stuff like this with, you know, two strong female characters, with two strong female actresses in the lead of, of a great TV show like this, because it is very good, this program. I've seen two episodes now, uh, just this week. Uh, season one and i'm i'm sold like i'm on board i'm gonna watch more of it i'm gonna watch it all the way through and i'd say by next week i'd probably be up to season two uh and caught up with lisa because it really is excellent uh linda cardellini is excellent a lot of people might know who, who that is and to put her into context in the avengers movies uh the dude with the bow and arrow she's his wife 
Ah, she's more than that. She was in you know Orange, I mean? she was in Freaks and Geeks. I know, but just for a lot of people who <laughs> might know who she is when we're talking about her, a lot of people might see her face and go, yeah, I kind of know her, but just that's where you, that's her most famous uh, uh, role. And she's an excellent to actress. Date. Obviously, Christina, yeah. yes, to date, yes. Uh, Christina Applegate, everybody knows who she is. And of course, James Marsden is extremely underrated, if you ask me. He's he's a most excellent Absolutely. actor. Absolutely. But yeah, it's it's excellent as you said, there's a there's like a Pinter-esque uh, Kaiser Soze moment in every episode so far, <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. I have to say, I'm enjoying it very much. Good writing, well made, uh, high production values. It's interesting. It's gripping, and uh, yeah, great job. Yeah, it's hard to go into too much detail about it because you don't want to spoil it for other people. But even watching episode three last night, there was a moment where uh, regarding Easy, the balloon, no, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, but I'm just saying there was a moment regarding a balloon. You thought it was going to go one way and it takes you on a completely other different route. And then there's another route from that. And it's the writing is excellent. The acting, as we said, is brilliant because you do have a stellar cast. Even the children are, are really good in this. The, uh, the mother-in-law as well is, is a, something else. Uh, fantastic performance there. But just overall really good. And I suppose this is the thing when you're reviewing stuff on Netflix, it could be the case that people haven't seen it before. So you don't want to go into too much detail, especially with a story like this. But it's it's certainly worth a watch. And uh, it's, 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 it's entertaining. It's gripping. It's high production values, top class acting. And as you say, Gary, when the writers lead you down a path and you kind of look in the distance and say, OK, we're definitely going down this road. Then there's a sharp left and you're going down a totally new exploratory road of plot. And uh, it's very entertaining. Dave, Lisa recommended Dead to Me. We all loved it. You recommended Thunder Road. Tell us why. Well, I recommended it because I'd heard that it was very good. And I'd heard that it was it was based on a short film that won lots of prizes uh, in Sundance. It won some prize at Sundance. The short film version of Thunder Road with the same name, written, directed and starring the same guy. And in the movie, the feature film Thunder Road, this uh, actor, Jim Cummings, he's director, writer, one of these written, directed and starring kind of things. The opening scene, which is a funeral scene, uh, that's basically the short film. Now, they reshot it for the, the, the feature film, but it's basically the same uh, scene, apparently. And I heard about it and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And uh, that's why I recommended that we review this film. However, uh, <laughs> I didn't enjoy the film as much as I thought I would. Um, I I feel it's meritorious. It's it's you know I take my hat off to the people who made this film. The film costs something like a hundred and ninety thousand dollars, you know, round figure two hundred thousand dollars, and it made back its budget four or five times over. So it made money. This film it was a bit of a sleeper hit in France. The French public loved it. It made some money. Uh, it got this guy Jim Cummings, writer, director, producer, got him on the map. He's making a few other things now, but uh, I don't see him breaking out and being a new star or anything but he's certainly a grafter and he's not a bad actor or anything like that but the film itself it's kind of a love it or hate it it's meritorious there are good things about it but it kind of left me a bit uh left me with a bit of a feeling of a damn squib good lisa it has gotten quite a few awards and it's ranking yeah on gary imdb at 7.1 yeah okay fine that's fine all great and everything but awards at the end of the day 
I don't think they mean anything anymore because they handed awards left, right and centre. And this was one of the worst films I have seen in the last year. It is shockingly bad. When you can't empathise with your lead character and he's just awful, like he's awful. And, you know, there's there's no going back. And also for the fact that as a Bruce Springsteen fan, like diehard Bruce Springsteen fan that I am, not once in the movie do we ever hear a tune from Bruce Springsteen, which is surprising because the man is quite generous and he does actually lend his music to a lot of movies. But this one was not one that he wanted to lend his music to. Maybe there's something in that. The thing is, the music was in the short film, Thunder Road, because it it was a short film and it wasn't going to be getting the theatricals. It wasn't going to be a financial uh, situation where Springsteen was like, okay, yeah, you can use the music for my short perhaps. And then when it came to a theatrical release of a feature film, there was different Mm -hmm. financial implications involved and they didn't have it. However, I mean, I kind of knew when I was watching this that it wouldn't be your cup of tea because uh, (laughs) she forces me to watch things too, you know. Uh, But that's true. I mean, I think, Lisa, the thing is that he actually is a very good actor, uh, despite himself. He is a very good actor. Yeah, but a little bit overindulgent in terms of like a lot of emotional scenes and it was very focused on him as an actor. When I see something that's written, directed and acted, starring an unknown person and it's overindulging on them and their focus, it kind of reminds me of um, Bean, Mr. Bean 2, the movie where he goes to Europe. Anybody? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Willem Dafoe is this actor, writer, director who's just close up on me and a voiceover of me and then a shot of me and I'm a great actor and I'm crying and everybody's just rolling their eyes going, oh my God, this guy's just, you know, having a, a cinematic masturbation in front of us. You know what I mean? And oh, there's God. a certain element of that in terms of this guy is itself indulgent, you know, lots of scenes where he is the focus and the character is the focus. However, Something you said there, Lisa, about not being able to empathize with him. I think that's Mm -hmm. part of his character. That's why his life keeps falling apart, because he's a very difficult human to be with. And he's quite, pardon my French, effed up. He's very uh, uh, he's very socially distanced, emotionally awkward. He's a weirdo. He's a weird human being, this character. I think he bit off more than he can chew here to direct it, star in it, produce it, direct, blah, blah, blah. He probably made the sandwiches Mm -hmm. as well. And it's like, I'm sure the sandwiches were edible, but they probably weren't great. You know what I mean? So if I ever see something with a proper director and Jim Cummings is a supporting character, I'll say, oh, yeah, give him a shot here. He's a good actor. Give him a shot. And he probably Mm -hmm. will flourish in that arena. Out of 10, Lisa? Oh, God. Uh, Three? That's hard. Being generous. I'm being That's generous. Harsh. That is not being generous. That That's was, harsh. That was no, it was true. It was three. It was no more than that. End of. For me, I'm going to give it like a six because of the merit of the endeavor. And, uh, you know, I think if he had, for example, as I said, I'm repeating myself now, but if he if had a proper director, uh, the director might have reined in his emotional scenes a bit more and made them a bit more relatable for an audience. And it might have been better, but uh, I, I still I still have it. It has some meritoriousness, so I'm going to say six. Let's look at White Lines next, a 10-episode uh, series on Netflix. You might recognize a few faces in, in this as well, but kind of brings us back to maybe the days of heading off to Ibiza, if any of you were lucky enough to do. A woman tries to solve the mysterious death of her brother, famous DJ, who disappeared from Ibiza many years ago. It's full of everything, really. Yeah. Violence, profanity, drugs. It's like the 90s in Ibiza, isn't it? <laughs> it's class. I, like, How would you know, Gary? It's, he- 
It's hedonism <laughs> in a movie. It's just because I watched uh, that, that, you know, that documentary, Suspicious Parents, or something, when the parents follow the kids on holidays to Magdalene. <laughs> oh, good God. No. Anyway, shame no, on me, Lisa. I, sorry. I really like this. It's, um, I think it's it's a good, well-produced movie, or not movie, TV series. It's all the things about the 90s that I love. It's like, there's heat, there's music, there's, you know, I'm not saying I love the drugs. I've never done the drugs, but they look like they're having a good time. But uh, yeah, the music is what caught me at the start because I was just so happy. You know, like they were playing like uh, Happy Mondays and stuff. And I was like, yes, this is this is the movie for me. So it's very nostalgic in a way for anyone of our vintage. But uh, it's a good story along with uh, looking for her brother's killer. And there's a very interesting plot twist with um, the family that are kind of at the center of it. They're like a Spanish family from Ibiza. And uh, they're like kind of drug kingpins and they're kind of nightclub owners. And and the mom is very interesting character. Just watch out for the mom for anyone that hasn't seen it yet. She's cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> White Lines, it's grand. Uh, it didn't <laughs> really do a lot for me. I felt, I felt that it was a bit... In terms of production value, it just felt a bit cheaper just in terms of its cinematography or something. It just felt like, you know, the yellow pack version of one of these shows. Um, the actors are all OK. There's nobody with caliber. I mean, if we you know look at Dead to Me, you've got a lot of caliber there. Christina Applegate, um, Linda Cardellini, etc. You know, caliber, really established actors. I mean, you know, the lead actress there, Laura Haddock, you know, she's been in like minor minor roles in some big movies uh she was in the in-betweeners movie you know guardians of the galaxy movies small stuff and i don't know if you can actually hang a, a, a lead role on someone like her yet i don't think she has the acting chops for it and i think that even you know the other guy the the older dj of her friend of her brother's uh played by daniel mays mm-hmm. you know that english guy he plays marcus yeah uh you know he's 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 a, again they're kind of c or d list uh, UK ITV4 actors, caliber-wise, in my opinion. <laughs> and I don't... That's just my opinion. And uh, they're all good actors. They're all good actors. They're not great actors. They're good actors. And, like, if you bring them into, a, like, a big costume drama with high production values and a really good director, then they can lift their game here. But I feel like they're phoning it in. They're, this show just, it just felt very pedestrian. It's like, how many movies do we have a person looking for to find out the truth about the person who died mysteriously. I mean, you know, it's a trope at this point. But but Lisa, as Lisa very correctly pointed out, they're wrapping it up in nostalgia and, you know, the 90s music and the 90s lifestyle and the idea yeah. and the heat. And they're adding all those things in to sex it up. You know, it's like chopping mm. parsley over a badly cooked steak. You know, it's not going to change <laughs> the steak, but it'll look a bit better at a distance. For me, this was the the most bland thing that I've seen in quite a while. And I had no interest in watching any more than one episode. I watched one episode and thought, okay, you know, me didn't really do anything for me. And then you've got Angela Griffin from, is it EastEnders or Coronation Street? She was in Coronation Street. Yeah. Coronation Street. She's there mm-hmm. being a madam and running a brothel. <laughs> and it's all like, and then there's this huge orgy scene at the end of the first episode that's just felt like overindulgent. It was tacky. It was unnecessary. And then now the people bad are definitely going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, they're all going to watch it just for the orgy. But even the bad guy of the family, quote unquote, bad guy who comes in at the end, you know, he's trying to be a bargain basement. Um, what's the name of the guy? 
from Ocean's Eleven. The guy who runs a casino. Oh, um, Andy Garcia. I can't remember yeah, he's his, to be a, his name. He, yeah, he's trying to be a bargain baseman. Andy Garcia with the cravat and the waistcoat. And he walks in <laughs> and he's all, I own the place and I know what I'm doing. And then he just starts horsing into some young one. And it's like, come on, it's tropey. <laughs> it's like, whatever. It's like a it's like a cowboy coming in and lighting a cigarette with a match off the side of his face. It's like, we've seen this before, <laughs> you know? So it didn't do a lot for me. Ironically, okay. White Lines was, was kind of dead to me. Oh, e good one. Lisa out of ten. Oh, I'm gonna give it a solid six because you know it's it's good. It's good. You were going to give more in today's review. <laughs> no, I was going to give it a totally solid was, six. Totally was. Totally yeah. was. Okay, here's the thing. See, my bar is Mad Men at ten. So if it's a six, it's still pretty damn good. I'm gonna say four, four and a half tops. And now, and that's me after one episode. And like, here's the thing: if 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 a series doesn't grab you in the first episode to make you go, "Oh, I want to see more of this," then it's kind of failed. Yeah. And as of, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, you know, four is being generous at that point because I I genuinely, if it was if I had nothing else to watch, which in this day and age that doesn't happen anymore, I might watch a second episode, but I do not feel compelled to watch a second episode. Like uh, Dead to Me, I want to watch more of that. The Last Dance, I want to watch the rest of that. Unorthodox. I want to watch more. There's only four episodes, I believe, and I've watched one and I'm like, yeah, I want to. And they're on my list. I will watch the rest of them because they got me. They might not be super brilliant, but they got me and they got Mm. my brain going, oh, I want to see what happens to that character. All the characters in this, I find them boring, uninteresting. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I have no interest. Sorry. Okay, so let's look ahead before we wrap up uh, today regarding movies set to be released in cinemas throughout Ireland and the UK. Now, There's three movies that are due to be released in July, yet as things stand, cinemas in Ireland won't be reopening until the 10th of August at the earliest. Those three movies are Tenant from Christopher Nolan, Disney's Mulan, and SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run. So it looks like those three movies are probably going to go straight to on demand. Interesting, though, for Disney to make that decision about Mulan. Big time. That's like a huge thing for them not to... To be able to release in the cinema, like considering all of the merchandising that goes with Mulan, like it's it's basically frozen, except it's in Asia. So, you know, it's it's missing out on a lot. Have you watched the, what is it, reimagination or whatever? I always say the animations with real people, you know, like they've done it with Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin. Mm. What are your thoughts on them, Lisa? Well, I I enjoyed like Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and all those movies. I thought they were excellent. The costume design, the production design, everything that goes into those movies. There's so much in it that like you you don't feel like you're missing out just because it's not a cartoon anymore. You're like it, it brings a lot more to it um, when it's real life. So I just I thought they were really good. So I don't know. Maybe this would have been better for Mulan, but I had never actually watched the animation of Mulan. So I'm not like, it's not one of my favorite, like Disney movies that I want to see. Do you know what I mean? So, you know. And then movies set to come out in August. We have The Secret Garden. Love it. A movie I'm really looking forward to. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Awesome. (laughs) That's it. That's your reaction to Bill and Ted 3? Yeah, oh, why told, not? Like, like, oh, come on. I'm actually doing the air guitar here on the end of this microphone. I mean, I cannot <laughs> wait for Bill and Ted, uh, Bill S. Preston and uh, Theodore. I'm just like, it's going to be awesome. Um, 
But I mean, just just to chime in on something you said there, Gary, a moment ago about the Disney thing. I mean, obviously, Disney mm-hmm. Disney took a were very fortunate with their Disney Plus launch in terms of the timing of it. I mean, they have other films like Artemis Fowl, which is coming out next yeah. month, direct to it's going straight to Disney Plus, which is their subscription service. And why not? Yeah, but that that's been kicked down the the road so much. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything as good as what they first expected when they gave it the green light. When they gave it the green light, they were kind of envisaging a Harry Potter rival in terms of a scope. But we don't know yet because it hasn't come out yet and the public reaction to it has not been, you know, is not there to gauge. I'll be shocked mm. if it's even, if it's 20% of the impact of Harry Potter, I'd be very happy with that if I was a Disney executive. But, um, and obviously the books are written by our own, own Colfer, I believe is his name, in Ireland. You know, yeah. he created the, the character and wrote the books. Um, and they're very, very successful. Hence why Disney bought them and they're making a movie. They've made a movie. But I think they're kind of, we're hoping for a, a, the birth of a big franchise. And um, that may happen. We don't know. But they've done this before with, uh, you know, John Carter. You know, they thought, here, we're going to launch this new franchise. And they poured millions into it. And it didn't wash with the audiences. So, you know, you don't know until audiences get their hands on it. But um, for me, I think these, you know, live action remakes like Mulan, for me personally, they don't do anything. I, I, I have no interest in seeing them. I mean, I saw the Lion King remake and it was OK, yeah. but it, it, it'll never be anything compared to the original, if you ask me. I'll just do a quick run through then of other movies coming out. Maybe you can pick the top two that you're most looking forward to each. In September, we have A Quiet Place Part 2. John Krasinski is back directing. Jamie Lee Curtis is back in October for another Halloween movie called Halloween Kills. Robert Zemeckis' latest movie is The Witches, which is based on, of course, Roald Dahl's novel. Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson comes out the end of October. And then in November, No Time to Die, the new Bond movie. And Soul is the movie out for Thanksgiving. In December, the big movies coming out are Peter Rabbit 2, Coming to America with Eddie Murphy back again. Wet Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. And finally, Top Gun Maverick with Tom Cruise. Lisa, what would your (laughs) top two there be? I would have to say Black Widow and No Time to Die. Like I'm not interested in in the remakes that are the majority of the rest of them. They're you know, I know I know Black Widow is a franchise and it's it's part of the Marvel family, but I just I love her. She's class. I love Scarlett Johansson. I love Black Widow as a character. Um, I just I want to see more of her and I want to see her backstory and I, I love that idea. And also big Bond fan, you know, No Time to Die. You know, just another franchise. Very excited about that. I know it's another franchise. Hey, not, hey, hey. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like a- Gotta step in there. Sorry. Sorry. Not gonna let that go out <laughs> here unchecked. It is not another franchise. It is the <laughs> franchise. It's the Mac Daddy of Mac Daddies, a franchise. You may not continue. It's the British version of MacGyver, isn't that it, really? No, Gary, it's Kelly, I'll not. come through this computer at you. I swear to God. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I want to see how Daniel Craig uh, ends his tenure as Bond. And <clears throat> I just think that the Bonds have just gone up so like many levels since the days of Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, even Sean Connery. So like he's, he's taken it up so many levels and I know it's like that's down to the writing and the producing and the directing, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited about uh, no time to die. So yeah. 
very excited about that. What no, about Cup to I... America? Is that not? Oh, stop I mean... it! Come on, it's it's one movie from the eighties that like should have been kind of left in the eighties. You know, I think she might be right there because I love Coming to America, the original. I love, I mean, the first yeah. one from eighty eight, no, eighty five or something. I can't remember, but it was a yeah. it's, it's a comedy masterpiece, and it has so many brilliant set pieces in it. But I think Lisa might be right. It's it kind of mm-hmm. possibly should be left in the eighties. I think it's just. Yeah. Somebody wanted to cash in. Somebody got Eddie Murphy to go, okay, I'll have a new $500 million house. I'll do it. And they started working on a script. I'll be shocked if it's not crap. Like, I expect it to be crap. And if it's not crap, I'll be delighted. I'll be over the moon because I love the first one. And I'll be honest with you, I love Eddie Murphy. I think he's a fabulously talented man. He just hasn't done anything good in about 15 years. But he's had too many misses in in last 15, 20 years for him to be taken seriously. And uh, I hope I'm wrong and I hope it comes out well. For me, I'm not going to talk about No Time to Die because anybody who listens to this regularly will know that uh, my phone number ends in 007 and I'm a James Bond freak. So I'm just going to leave that aside. For me, it's Tenet. From Christopher Nolan, that is the one for me that oh, I yeah. really look. Oh, I cannot wait for that film. Okay, well, if people want to check out what movies are going to be released and when, you can head over to our website, jlitmovies.ie, to see the full list of what we kind of see as the highlights of 2020. You did mention there, Dave, about coming to America remaining in the 80s. What about West Side Story just remaining in the 60s? Does Spielberg really need to be making a remake? No, no, I'm going to say no, because the original is so good. But then again, Spielberg finds it's very, very hard to make a bad movie. So I love the original. Uh, I listen to the music all the time. It's a great movie. I'm hopeful that it's good, uh, but I'm skeptical as to, you know, why are we remaking? I mean, if somebody said to me, you know, Spielberg, Zemeckis and Martin Scorsese are making a remake of Back to the Future. I'd still say, lads, don't do it. Just just leave it alone. Just leave it the hell alone. Because when you have something that's flawless, just leave it alone. And the, But it's a cashing in. It's the studios own this property. They have a hole in their budget for the year and their, their workflow for the year. And they're right, we need to put a movie in there to fill the gap. And they, they just pull these movies out and say, right, we're going to make, we're going to do it. And an executive sits down and goes, right, this is a business we need to pay our bills. We've got this many shareholders to pay and we've got this many staff we need to cover, whatever. we got to make a movie that makes money and they will eventually remake Back to the Future just as they've remade so many other things. And West Side Story is no different. They just decided, they blew the dust off and said, this will make money. Let's get it remade. If it makes money, we will have the hills are alive to the sound of money all over again. They'll all get remade. Yeah, true. Good point. Okay, look, Dave Coyne, thanks for joining us on Just Like In The Movies. Pleasure as always. And thanks, Lisa. No problem. Until we talk to you next week, take care. Bye-bye.